main characters, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the B Word Podcast, where we offer you our unasked for opinions. In this episode, we're going to be covering chapters 14 through 27 with Ryan Hall again. Hello. (laughs) And of course, as always, we have our producer, Ariel. Hey. Our sound engineer. Hello. Thomas. And of course there is myself, Mao, and And I'm Paige. So let's get started. Let's let's roll into these chapters. Starting chapter fourteen here, I realize at the end of thirteen, I don't think we emphasized enough that like she emphasizes the fact that she's in a city. She's like, This is the night court or this home, whatever, and it's in a city. Because in the spring court, like she's only she's it's just one house that she's seen. It's just the house and the ground surrounding it. So like for her, it's like oh my god, I'm in a city. Like there are cities here in Prithian. There's this whole country of cities, and this is a possibility. This is a thing. And I know, and I know she mentions more of that later on. But it's also rare to have like a townhome in the middle of a city. Yeah, so that's also right. A yeah, she makes. Um, chapter 14. So we are in the night court and in the city of Valaris, and we meet two new characters who are. At the door, their wings are being shaped by the sunlight, and they're beating on the door, basically cursing Reese out. And we see him as a lighthearted person in this scenario, and he's like, these two are going to get killed, like, if they don't shut the fuck up. We also meet a female at the door, too, and she's like, your friends are a bunch of dogs. Um, <laughs> and Reese has locked out his inner circle. So that Feyre has a chance to relax and decide if she actually wants to be around them or not. Um, Nuala and Caradwen tell Feyre that the people downstairs are Rhysand's inner circle. And that Rhys is the only one who really has such a casual court and talks to them so casually. The rest of the high wards always are a little bit more formal when it comes to their inner circle. Like we see with Tamlin and Lucian, there's an obvious balance there and not balance there's like a there's a person in charge hierarchy right and then with reese there's a little bit more like of a friendship not so much as everything i say is law even though it is but it's like it's a give and take um pharaoh wants to know how the city of valaris has survived it has remained untouched nothing is wrong with it there are children outside laughing and like enjoying themselves but the twins say that it is not their place to tell the story of Valaris and that is how chapter 14 ends really only note was you talking about the comment that um I wasn't a- aware that high lords kept things so casual and they say they don't but Rhysand does yeah wh- what I found really interesting at this point is how he's locked out his friends from his own home to ensure that Farah gets a moment to herself he's like you don't have to meet them just yet you go upstairs you put yourself in the room, and then I'll let him in, and we can go. Like, it's also the first time that we see him interact with his friends when, like, he's extremely, like, playful and obviously happy to be here with them, like, at home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um... It's a complete switch from what we believed him to be in the first book, which is, like, this evil character, this bad guy. And we see him in this, again, lighthearted scenario where he's kind of playing back and forth with them, and it's, like, obviously sarcastic. Like, he's not actually going to kill them. He could. 
he's not going to though. He's like, if they don't shut up and stop yelling at me uh, yeah. before, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Is whenever um I don't even know what Cassian's yelling, but he says something like, "Go along, run upstairs," and then I'm gonna have to kick this guy's ass for speaking to his high lord that way. But like he's smiling and chuckling the whole time. Right, it's and it's cute. also it's also a sharp contrast from like what we saw under the mountain where people feared him. Mm-hmm. People were, or they like hated him, and they were spitting on him, kind of thing. Spitting pa- past him. Yeah. <laughs> I did have one quote from this chapter. Pharaoh, like she's taking in um, the house and all of these other things, but she says something along the lines of, and some strange new part of me wondered if my never returning might be a fitting punishment for him, talking about Tamlin for what he had done to me, and I don't know how I feel about that quote. Like, her thinking, like, oh, well, I won't return just to spite him. Like, that'll be a punishment. That'll show him kind of thing. Like, I just, that's a a weird way of thinking about it, I guess. Well, I think it's because he can't protect her. So it's like, this is her way of being like, fuck you, you can't protect me now. Yeah. So I think she's, like, saying it's a fitting punishment in that he can't even see her. It's a secret city. He doesn't even know where she is. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I guess it's just weird for me to wrap around, like, my head around that needing to punish him instead of just being like bye we're done um chapter 15 after she sleeps and gets dressed reese is waiting for her to take her to the city it's beautiful and there are children laugh laughing there's a sea and the city is just flanked with shops and genuinely happy people valaris is a city that hasn't been breached in five thousand years even during amrantha there is a house on a mountain in the distance the house of winds as it is called with someone flying over it and that's where they're supposed to have dinner that night to discuss Feyre joining them and being part of the plan that they had started to come up with um Feyre kind of gets mad at the fact that Valaris was safe this whole time while the rest of the Prithians suffered and Reese tells her that Valaris was the only one that had been a suitor before so we had to make a hard decision to protect Valaris over the other cities because it had already been a secret so many people didn't even know about it, so it made it easier, as we'll learn later on when it came to controlling the minds of all of those underneath the um, mountain. It's also so easy for him to, like, dissipate her anger in that moment, because she's starting to get, like, furious at the idea of, like, all these other people were sacrificed while these people are safe. And all he says is, easy, my people are blameless. And she's like, oh shit, he's right. Yeah, he says that everything in the city was worth that sacrifice because she's like, what was the cost? Was that cost worth it? He's like, it was worth everything. Um, He takes her to several shops and he's buying something for someone, some jewelry. Um, They visit the artist quarters, which is what the city is known for, which is fitting for Feyre since she's apparently a painter. Um, (laughs) I don't know about that now. (laughs) Um, I'll just have to take Tamlin's word on it whenever he was like, I want that one instead of this one. And it kind of speaks volumes but also didn't we talk about that in that episode about that theory that like she's not good at painting she's not good at painting what if the reason for him asking for the other one was because the one she wanted to give him just sucked and he's like you know what that (laughs) one's better i want that one instead oh i 100 would believe that (laughs) she's like drawing stick figures over here i mean and he's like i'll take the one where it looks like fog (laughs) okay yeah you're a great painter um (laughs) She's like, it's the Glen. He's like, yeah, I is know it? what that is. <laughs> and Feyre starts getting mad again at Valaris and, like, all the people that are safe and happy. And Reese says that his people are blameless. But they know what happened under that mountain. And basically, they have survivor's guilt for it. 
Um, we learn the names of those in his inner circle, Cassian, Asriel, Amran, and of course Morgan or more. Amran is his second in command, and she's like, whoa, a woman is your second in command? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> and then Morgan's his third. Cassian's over his armies, and Asriel is a shadow seer and his spy master. Then she starts to become really depressed, and she's like, maybe it would have been better if I just died. And Reese is like, don't ever think that again. And it's like, okay, calm down. Isn't that her <laughs> thoughts? Her thoughts are so sad, though. It's it's depressing. I don't know. Maybe I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't cross I was like, it, no, it didn't I didn't impress me. You know? <laughs> Dude, right before that, I don't have the context. All I have is the quote right here. But Reese says, I'm the most powerful High Lord in Prithian's history. <laughs> and I'm like, so casual. We love a humble High Lord. <laughs> well, right after that moment, she actually breaks into his head <laughs> and like gets into his thoughts. And he's like, how the hell did you just do that? She's like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then she's like, I also slipped into Lucian's mind. And he's like, hell yeah, but that's a depressing place to be. Um, <laughs> like, it sure was. <laughs> it like, was fucking depressing. It was really depressing. And then he tells her that those who can slip through the minds of others are called the Damati. And if you're not careful, they can actually trap you in their minds. So if you ever go into the m- mind of a fellow Damati, you got to make sure there's a way out. Um, it's time for dinner, and uh, sh- where she's meeting to with the others to determine if she wants to work with Reese or not, and they have to fly up to the house or <laughs> walk up ten thousand steps. Easy decision for me. I'm walking up the steps. I'm kidding. You better fly my ass up there. I'm sorry. The first second someone offers to fly me somewhere with wings, I'm taking it. That sounds so freaking fun. She's so against it. She's not into it. Um, she's, after saying okay, but, like, protect my hair, please, she's like, okay, I guess, I guess you can take me by flight. And he lets her know that at any moment, if she decides she doesn't want to be at that house, they will leave. They will winnow back to the other house. She just has to say the words. And I was like, consent king, you know, we had one earlier, and we have one again. (laughs) We love a consent king. He went from non-consent to consent. We love it. Yes, but he says more than that right there. And I think what he says right after that is even more important than saying you say the word and we will go. He says we can find some other way for you to live here, be fulfilled regardless of what I need. It's your choice, Feyre. And I think, like, that's the important part is she can say no and he'll still help her. He'll still be on her side and find a way to make her happy. Like, it's her choice, her happiness above all else. And let her live there. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll find you a place. It doesn't have to be this one. Um, then they fly up to the house and he tells her about how he was a boy and how he loved to fly with his mother his mother was Illyrian which are winged warriors basically and they do this kind of give and take where one says what's on their mind without judgment and the other one does the same right after he says that he spent the last last 50 years locked up and admits that he never expected to actually see Valaris again he expected that he was going to be there forever and she says that she, she gives him five thoughts it's like she goes um, I was a fool in love to have allowed myself to be shown so little of this Supreme Court. And I'm thinking that I would have lived in ignorance as some pet. I'm thinking that I was lonely and hopeless. And I might have fallen in love with the first thing to show me kindness and safety. There was another one. I just didn't write it down. But he was like, okay, that was five. 
Mal, that is the most important one. Because she says, I'm thinking maybe he knew that, maybe not actively, but maybe he wanted to be that person for someone. And maybe that worked for who I was before. Maybe it doesn't work for who, what I am now. That's what I literally gasped aloud, gasped aloud reading at work was her saying maybe he knew that and just needed to be that person for someone. We'll see. Because uh, this just... whole time we've been like, does Tamlin love Pharaoh? Like, what the fuck does he get out of this relationship? See, it all just and, like, sounded like one run-on thought. <laughs> sure <laughs> but like she's saying like do we believe that version of it like tamlin just wanted to feel needed that pharaoh fed his ego and that was what he got out of the relationship was just her wanting him is this mutually beneficial for them beneficial i mean it was it to start um he needed to be needed she needed is that ever a good reason to start a relationship? No, no, no. Not great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, he's like, that was five. And looks like I owe you, but later. And then they land at the house, and that's how chapter 15 ends. This is the chapter that made me, like, resound. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he showed her the city and such, and she can do whatever she wants. He makes her feel... Whatever, she has to stay in the house and lets her do whatever. And then he finally lets her out. Introduces, and he, like, walks her around the city and things like that. And his people. She notes the way he interacts with his people, too, yeah. which I think is a big deal. Like, they all know him by name. They don't call him High Lord or, like, mm-hmm. they call him by name kind of thing. And he knows them, too. He knows their names. To he's not them. asking for a tithe and things yeah. like that. But he knows he's the most powerful. Yeah. And so do they, but they have, like, a, again, that casual relationship with the citizens as well. Like, it it extends beyond. Like, they respect him. They know he's powerful. They respect his power. But at the same time, they also see him as an equal, which I think is. Yeah, they wouldn't be scared to ask him for help because they know he would give it. Unlike the situation with the Tithe, where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're starving, but I demand you give me food kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Or, like, the villagers. They didn't want to ask for help, even though they knew. Yeah. Um, chapter 16, Cassian is such a tease, guys. He's like, I don't bite unless you ask. And then Reese goes, I don't think anyone's ever taken you up on that offer. <laughs> um, and then there are two other, so there are two other Illyrians here. That's Cassian and Asriel. But Asriel has these shadows around him that look like they're whispering to him the whole time. And he's got this cool dagger and some scars on his hands. And he's really quiet and mysterious. So what is Asriel as a shadow singer? Like, reading this through, I was like, I did not understand this guy's yeah. power the first read through. Like, she's talking about the shadows, like, speaking to him and whispering to I him. I didn't understand until the third book. Are y'all imagining them human, but with wings? No, I imagine yeah. them as high fae with wings. Yeah, okay. but for me, high fae just means, like, the ears. Like, he has pointed ears and wings. They're bigger than humans. And they're, like, yeah. hot. Yeah. Because I'm imagining dudes wearing black with bald heads. Okay, Cassie. Bald heads? <laughs> I don't know. Why are they bald? <laughs> I imagine Cassie with, like, long, curly hair. Like you you got him with hair? Really? Thing. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm thinking, like, demon-type looking things. No, I'm what? thinking, like. Like, if you think of a demon with wings, bald head. No. <laughs> yeah, if you think of a demon with wings. I mean, yeah. But I don't imagine them with clothes on either. What the 
Wait, but they're not. You said you imagine them as high fae. They're yep, not high fae. No, they're not. But they, like, <laughs> they have the look, the appearance. Because other people wouldn't confuse them for high fae if they didn't. Like, they're obviously more handsome. Yeah, than okay, because Feyre thought they Feyre were. Feyre thought he was the most handsome person she'd ever seen. Reese. Reese was. Well, I'm talking about Reese, but he's. He's part of Lyrian. He's, he's part of Lyrian, yeah. Yeah, he is half fae. Do they have pointed ears? Do Illyrian high fae has pointed ears, right? It doesn't. So the Illyrian have normal ears? I have no clue. Maybe some piercings. Tattoos. Tattoos. You like ears? No. Like I'm just your turn on. I just you big ears or small ears. Well, that's what I was about to say. Is you can't tell me you've ever looked at someone with big ears and like that's what are we talking about? So they also, so on top of these scars that Asriel have, both of them also have these little gauntlet, jeweled mm-hmm. love things that kind of direct a power that they have easily. I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't care for The it. siphons. No, siphons, I get it. Right? I understand it. Okay, so what's a siphon? So the siphons help them control their power kind of thing. Reese compares it to, like, taking a bucket of paint and, like, throwing it at the wall and the mess it would create versus painting with a paintbrush and being able to control it and get the precise, mm. the precise strokes. So basically, they're so powerful that if they just let their power be what it is, it would be chaos and a mess. The siphons help them target their power to be more efficient with it. Okay. And then Reese says he's so powerful that he can't even use a siphon because he just breaks them. Yep. Because magic's just messy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's like what I said Went last. On control. That's like what I said last week about he could wipe the board clean kind of thing, and then Ryan being like, well, he doesn't want to wipe the board clean, so that's why he can't just release his magic. Mm-hmm. Just that's a beef. Um, they say that they're bastard brothers. Not really brothers, just bros. Um, They're friends, basically. None of them were under the mountain, though. And Reese is like, shut up, don't say a word. Like, don't, let's not talk about it. Cassian and Moore kind of flirt a bit, and Asriel is like, Goggling, goggling, googling, googling. No, he's not googling. <laughs> he's oogling <laughs> at more. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Cassian, Cassian and more kind of like go back and forth, and then you know, Asriel's like, ooh, is this a triangle? Because I was, I, I, I think I was getting be. them confused. I okay. want it to be. What? Asriel's like too tough to talk to her. I feel like. Okay, is it? But I got the more vibes that more and Asriel were one of the same. Me too, but he's too tough. This is okay. this yeah. is talked about more later on. I just thought I'd mention it so we can talk about it whenever okay. it comes up again. Okay. Um. So Amran is there too, and Amran is this creature that no one can really figure out. They're eating, and Reese is like, "Here's this. I I bought it for you in Valaris." And then she's like, "Cool," and then she's being creepy, and we learn that she's made like Feyre. Uh, there is a third that's also made made to be Faye, that is, and that person's name is Miriam. Um, then they eat, but while Cassian and them, no, while, while they eat, Cassian answers Feyre's questions about how they all found each other and know each other. So basically, Cassian was this bastard living in an Alarian war camp to train, and being a bastard means that you got nothing. Uh, he was basically living in dirt and, and anything he stole while fighting his way through training. Reese got there next, and his mother had been Alarian. And Illyrian women are used for breeding. They clip their wings when they start bleeding for the first time, so they can't escape and sell. So they can escape, but so they can sell them off. And his father was the High Lord at the time. He had a scheduled meeting with one of the war camp trainers, 
and that was the moment that they were torturing Reese's mother um, before it was his mother, obviously. Um, because she was getting ready to have her wings clipped. She loved flying. And she was, like, freaking out. And then the mating bond had, like, snapped into place for his mother and his father. And he misted the guards there. <laughs> Just, like, killed him. And then married her. And then they had Reese. Um, she wanted him to train to be able to use more than just his powers from being a High Lord's son. So she dropped him off at the war camp, but had a place for him to come after training for him to learn because she also wanted his education to be important. Cassian, on the first day that Reese was dropped off, beat the shit out of him and stole his clothes. And then Reese saw Cassian out in the brutal cold and he made him stay with him and his mother in like their little cottage off to the side of the war camp after learning about what bastards had to go through. They hated each other at first, but then later on, Asriel was dropped off and didn't know how to fly, but they took him under their wings, literally, <laughs> and, ha. and helped him out, and they became the best friends until his father separated them upon learning of Reese's High Lord powers and learning that he's given siphons to Cassian and Asriel and how strong they were. So he was like, oh god, they're going to overthrow me. So he had them separated and took Asriel as his own personal shadow singer. Also, during all this, um, Farrah kind of gets through Reese's shields, and she's like, oh, I can sense he feels kind of sad. And, but it's not really, like, she didn't really get through his shields. She doesn't really know what it is. She just feels his emotions through the bond, and he's like, yeah, I don't really know how it works yet, though. Okay. Um, Illyrians are not high fight, by the way, but they're hot. Um, that's the note. That's it. I want to see the women. They don't describe any women. The Illyrian high Yeah. Fight? They kind of describe... Because the guys are so hot. But well, listen, that's all that matters. <sighs> well, but the guys go through, like, all this intense training that, like, make them, like, buff and all this stuff, whereas the women are basically just slaves. Just After hearing their stories, um, Farah's like, I'll do it. And they're like, this was an interview? Like, they had no clue, like, this was what they were being set up for, is, like, her figuring out if she wanted to work with them or not. Does that go to show how casual his relationship with them is? I think so, and, like, yeah. how good of people they are. Like, they're not, they didn't know it was an interview. They didn't know, like, she was there to see how they were. They're just being themselves, and I think that speaks volumes for them. I think they also show that they care about Farrah from, from the get-go kind of thing. Because um, she's with him, so he's with us. She's with us type deal. I don't even think it's that. They immediately treat... I feel like they would have treated her like that with or without Reese. Yeah. Okay. Because Cassian offers to train her, and she's kind of hesitant. Like, oh, no, isn't that going to send a bad message? Why wouldn't I train kind of thing? And then Moore's like, let me tell you something. And, like, they all want her to better herself and want what's best for her for no other reason than to better Feyre for Feyre. And if we throw it back to whenever Moore and Feyre first met, Moore was like, oh, I was hoping you would have nailed Reese's balls to the wall. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <coughs> then we learn, so they're, they're starting their war conversations, basically, and we learn that the King of Hybron wants to resurrect Jurian, and they're like, huh? Is that even possible when they only had his eye and, like, one of his bones and his soul trapped in, like, that ring that Amarantha had? The ring had been stolen, by the way. After Amarantha By the died. Naga? The What's the flying thing? The Adder. <laughs> the Adder. <laughs> um, they don't know the answer to this. They don't know if it's possible. But they know someone who will know. 
they have to go to a prison and talk to someone called the Bone Carver. And they're like, all right, Feyre, job number one. She's like, how bad can it be? And Cassian goes, bad. <laughs> and that is how chapter 16 ends. Um, chapter 17, she's like, Jurian, fuck. Wasn't he bad? <laughs> and then Reese <laughs> takes her back to the townhouse after. And while they're flying, he's like, the bond is a living thing. It gave you what you needed when you were under the mountain. And she's like, I needed to not be dead. He's like, no, you needed to not be alone. And that's what the bond is kind of doing. That's why they can hear each other's thoughts. That's why they can feel each other's emotions. Because in that moment, under the mountain, that bond knew that Feyre couldn't do anything alone. She needed someone there with her, and no one was there with her except for Reese. He tells Feyre that he uses the remaining power he had to shield Valaris and his inner circle from Amarantha. And had to use his powers every single day to control all of the minds of those that had been captured from the night court under the mountain so that they never revealed anything about the city or those close to him because she wanted to kill anyone he was close to to, like, make a point that she had control over him. Um, then Feyre goes to sleep, but then she has a nightmare about Amarantha, and she's, like, freaking. But then Reese is there, like, waking her up and holding her hair back as she curls up all sexy. And then he comforts her while she puts her flaming fingers out into the toilet. My question here is, did she flush or? <laughs> I actually thought that too. Because <laughs> she it did not say that she flushed whenever she was puking into the toilet. And he's like, you need to think, like try to put it out. And she just slams her hands into the toilet. And I'm like. Are y'all imagining uh, plumbing in this world? <laughs> How does it work? I feel like it goes yeah. the opposite direction, like in Australia. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's like, just, like Roman plumbing. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it just goes down. Yeah. Mm. No, because later on it says that she flushes the toilet. Okay. They have Wait. plumbing in this fucking world? I mean, why wouldn't they? What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we'd still finally have someone with her while she's throwing up. Finally. Yeah, he is there whenever she has her nightmare and, like, protecting her. Once again, Reese got a W. We call him Wee Sand. We We Sand. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh. <Ooh>. Anyway. <clears throat> The next day, they are going to head to the prison. Reese has been working on a letter to request entry into the summer court for something about uh, resurrecting Jurian. A r- the rock is the prison, not Dwayne. Just a rock, <laughs> a big boulder is a prison. It's not just the rock, just standing there. No, you shut up, pass. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Amran used to be in the prison, which is a prison no one has ever let out of. So she's like, well, how did that happen? He's like, that's a question for her. Um, those sentenced there have been there since most of most of them before time. And anyone that is placed there within Reese's reign, at least, is carefully sentenced to their eternity. She then says that she can't go into the prison because it is under a mountain. What a wimp. Well, is he in charge of the prison, technically? Yes. 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 Okay, that's what I thought. Um, chapter 18, Amran is at her bed because... Feyre's like, fuck this. She goes to sleep all day. And Amran just is like standing over her bed the next morning. She throws something at her. And she's like, here, here's this um, little necklace that I used that got me out of the prison. But give it back or I'll find you and hurt you. But use it. You know, like, it'll help you. It'll, it'll get you out. Sly and dog. she's like, huh, fuck yeah, I can do this now. I just needed this necklace. <laughs> and I needed this lucky charm. Um, Reese takes her to the prison. And he's like, I can't believe Amran gave that to you. And then Reese tells Feyre about um, 
Asriel's burns, which came from his father. Um, well, not his father, but his father had two uh, legitimate sons, both older than Asriel, both cruel and spoiled, and they learned it from their mother, the Lord's wife, that he was a bastard. For the 11 years, this is a direct quote, for the 11 years that Asriel lived in his father's keep, his stepmother saw to it that he was kept in a cell with no window, no light. They let him out for an hour every day, let him see his mother for an hour once a week. He wasn't permitted to train or fly or any things his Ilarian instincts roared at him to do. He was eight. His brothers decided it'd be fun to see what happened when you mixed an Illyrian's quick healing gifts with oil and fire. The warriors heard Asriel screaming, but not quick enough to save his hands. And that's how he had all the scars on his hands. Which I think is a pretty sad story. Do you imagine them having like long nails? Like vampire type nails? No. Like vampire hands? Skinny long ass hands with nails? What Do vampires, vampires have nails? long nails? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Twilight? <laughs> I'm thinking of vampires right now whenever I think of the Illyrians. Well, that's not what they are. Well, No, I don't think that's ridiculous, though. Especially because um, my new favorite vampire book, the vampires in that book, have like leathery type wings like the Illyrians. Oh, so so I see I see where you're going with this. Illyrians have talons. No. Tamlin has <gasps> talons. He, he does have talons that scratch her mind. Oh, okay. Oh, he doesn't yeah, have she talons does. on the end of his wing. I mean, she I'm does. sure, but those aren't his fingernails. Oh, so yeah. can we get off the subject about hands? You know how I feel about them. I don't think Ryan was here. I don't, I don't know how you feel about hands. <laughs> Listen, so we all You want to see my hands? We all know Tom Felton, right? Draco Malfoy. Uh-huh. Nice I hands? have always imagined him having the nicest of hands. <laughs> Just... <laughs> In the movies, he had these slender, nice hands, like some veins, you know, like those baseball hands, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. Right. I'm sure you do. Mm. <laughs> and I love looking at recently, not to n- not to knock Tom, Tom Felton down because love him. Draco. Um, would marry him in a heartbeat. <coughs> but his fingers bother me now because they're, they've gotten old. So you're a hands woman. Hands on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, I like to imagine my fictional characters with some nice, strong hands. But, like, if they're ugly, then they have ugly hands. I think it speaks volumes. So I don't want to imagine these characters that I love as having long cocaine fingernails. Yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. he has perfect hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have it all. Like, you can have the personality. You can have the nice It's all fake. face. Not his. But well, I'm saying, like, their job is to be fake. Right. Well, I guess his hands were fake during the movies because I was in love with them. Um, <laughs> that's not their fears were there. That's not their worries. <laughs> no, it's just, like, they got old. Dude, I'm going to print out some Tom Felton hand pictures. <laughs> mm. I need to, to adjust the Tamlin and Talons thing because she did say, so Reese has the Tamlins whenever he, re- like, scratches her mind or whatever. But whenever he, like, half-shifted in the first book, Under the Mountain, she says he has talons then, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, there is Well, Tamlin really has claws. Everyone. Maurice has talons. They do call them talons, though, don't they? No. Like, they talk about their his talons under his nails. Claws. Oh. He's telling her more about Moore. And he says that Moore is the one that he calls... When the armies fell and when the others are dead. 
Basically, she's dangerous. Then he takes her inside the prison. Only Reese has access to the prison, and the bone carver is a shapeshifter of sorts. He will appear as one thing to one person and something else to another. Um, and he just likes carving into bones, hence the title Bone Carver. Is he carving stuff on the walls, right? I'm pretty sure. He has yeah. like, all these bones and everything. Um, the guy appears to, f- or the, the shapeshifter appears to Farah as a young boy. Reese gives the, the person a calf bone that made the final kill when Farah slew the worm. And it calls them inside. It's like, okay, you guys come in. Thank you for the bone. And then she remembers the rules that Reese gave her. Never lie. And then she offers a question for a question. And it's like, you're smart. And then it asks her about her death. How did it feel to die? And then he asks her like multiple, multiple questions about the death continuously. He doesn't stop to answer a question for her. And then he tells them after Reese steps in and says, um, shut the fuck up. Like You've asked enough questions. Let us ask one. He asks if Jurian can be resurrected and if it's possible to only do it with an eye and all this other shit. And he says that no, that's not possible. And then he goes, unless, like, the most stereotypical kind of thing ever. Because he's like, no, it's not possible, dot, 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 unless. <laughs> unless he is resurrected by the cauldron itself, which is the thing that brought life to Prithian. Um, its four feet have been taken from it and put into different temples that house the priestesses. And as we know, the recent temp- those temples have been recently attacked. And something taken from them. They've assumed that it's the four feet of the cauldron being placed back together to reach its full power. The bone carver is like, okay, well, tell me a secret and I'll tell you another. And Reese goes, okay, my right knee has a twinge of pain when it rains and no one knows it. And then the bone carver is like, ah, oh, you are my favorite. So then he tells Reese that Hybern has the cauldron. Then Farah offers more information without being asked. Offers more information about her death saying that she had a choice in death. And the bone card is like, oh, I like that information. So, in case you didn't know, because I didn't give you this information, there is a way to fight the cauldron, and it's with a book, because like calls to like, and the book can nullify the cauldron. It was split into half after the war, one in the summer court that can only be accessed by the high lord of the summer court himself, and the other with the queens of the mortal realm, realm that have wards put up by fairies so that it cannot be taken from them. It cannot be just taken. It has to be freely given. And if it's not freely given by one of the queens, then their part of the book will just burn, like turn to ash. And that's how chapter 18 ends. How the fuck did he get the bone that killed the, the fucking great Yeah. Bone? He probably stole it whenever. God, so he's just thinking ahead like a motherfucker. I mean, he's, oh yeah, he's plotting. You know what I mean? He's yeah, just this will be useful later. Thinking ahead. Um, chapter nineteen. When they get back, Thera's like, "Where is Amran so I can give her shit back?" And Amran's not around. But then they're like asking questions, and Am and uh, they're like, "How did it go?" And they're like, "Okay, it's time to go hunt for that book, like right now." And the one who might can do that is you, Thera, because like calls to like. So something made calls to something also made the book. Um, and they're like, we don't know that she can do that. Like, it was just a theory suggested by the bone carver that Pharaoh might be able to find the book, uh, or find the parts of the book. 
And <laughs> Reese is like, well, there's a way to test it. And everyone in his inner circle goes, fuck, Reese. Like, no. Why would you do this? And that means it's time to go to the Weaver, which is another character we learn about here. She's like the super freaky witch thing that we really don't know what she is yet. And no high lord can disturb her. And those that do, it never ends well for them. Like, it's it's bad. Like, um, But you're going to hear more about those details as she enters the house. But right after, he's like, I'm going to take you to the Weaver to retrieve something of mine. Uh, he makes Feyre the emissary of the night court to the human realm. And they're like, we need you to try to get them to hear the voice of Prithian a warning and try to get the other book while I work on going into the summer court. And she's like, we can do this at my family's estate and we can go there and write to the Queens. And she's like, well, we shall see how that goes. She's like, I'll do it for Claire better. We shall bring Hybern to their knees after the Weaver. The next morning, he's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> we got to get it all done as soon as possible. If you would have agreed months ago, this would have been easier. And she's like, so that's why you wanted me to learn how to read. Because I might be able to decipher what's in this book. And he's like, well, yep. But also you should just know how to read. Fact. Um, <laughs> and she's like, well, in the future, please let me know about any of your schemes ahead of time. He's like, okay, bet. And then he's looking through her drawers while he's in her room. And he comes across some lace. And he's like drooling on the floor. And then he gives uh, her <laughs> some knives because the weaver would notice anything that is not already in the house. Except for Feyre because she has never even met Feyre. So she doesn't even know she exists. So anything like she would notice, like a bow and arrow. When she's new, right? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. She's, she's a new thing. Right. She, do she didn't exist like before. Exactly. Yeah. Nothing like her exists. Yeah. There's Amran, which is made, but it's a different kind of made. Mm -hmm. Um. So he tells her not to touch anything but the ring that he is sending her in there for. It was the ring his mother had given him, and then she gave it to the weaver right after for safekeeping. Um, she finds out that the weaver is blind, and he winnows them nearby, and he tells her that he'll be around, but to hurry. He says to her, but you are my salvation. That's so sweet. And then... Uh, before that, though, he's like, you belong to every court, so if you get caught, nothing bad will come back to him because all the High Lords are supposed to leave the Weaver alone. But then after that, he's, like, putting on her gear and, like, strapping her in. He's, like, bowing at her knees, like, putting all the stuff in. He's on her, and he's like, you're my salvation. Are we imagining leather? Of course. Okay, that's what I was thinking. She says it's leather. Yeah. Oh, Fighting fuck. leathers. My bad. And that's how Chapter 19 ends. She's supposed to... Go into the Weaver's house, the little cottage that has a door open. He hasn't dipped yet. He's he's winnowed nearby. Okay. She's supposed to walk over and go in. And then we're just I'm thinking of like just a shack with buku fucking trees around it. Yeah. Okay. Like kinda run yeah, down. Like in the middle yeah. of the woods. Yeah, in the middle of the woods. Well, chapter twenty, the weaver is singing as she walks in and she's weaving hair. Like human hair. Where'd she get the hair? No clue, but it's also on the rooftop, and there's, like, the smell of blood and everything. Like, it's gross. This thing is basically super scary. And it's taking forever for her to, like, she's like, I don't think this is real. I don't think I can feel where this item mm -hmm. is supposed to be. But then 
she feels something, like tapping on her shoulder, pulling her towards it. And that's how chapter 20 ends. Chapter 21, right as she reaches to grab the ring, the Wasn't weaver, she singing? Yes. Yeah. The weaver stops weaving hair and stops singing. And it starts running for Feyre. And Feyre is, like, fighting for her life. She makes it up the chimney, but she gets stuck. And the weaver is right underneath her. She's, like, got human fat and, like, grease on her from it being cooked in, like, the chimney. Fire. Yeah, it's gross. And she's, like, freaking out. She's panicking. And she's, like, where is Reese? Why isn't he coming to get me? And she eventually she tries to, like, wiggle herself out. Eventually, she kicks the weaver in the face and, like, really hurts the weaver. And then she's out. She's out and, like, cursing the fuck out of Reese. He jumps to the trees. Yeah, she finally finds him, like, yeah. miles away. And he's like, I was testing you to see if you could figure it out. It was a test to see if she could master her own panic. Because when she panics, she forgets that she has powers. And she's like, he's like, okay, now try to get into my shields. Try to get through my shields right now. Um, and he's, she's like, I need a bath. Please leave me alone. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll tell you anyway. And he shows her why he doesn't like Ianthe after that. Like, they go back to, oh, the, yeah. they go back to the night court, and they're like, oh, fuck, what happened? And they, like, clean her up really quickly. But she doesn't take a bath. They just, like, magic away the... the All the dead humans. Yeah. And she's like, she threw up on the ground. Like, it was so gross. Um, and he shows her... That Ianthe was in his room, naked, just laying on his bed, sprawled out. This is before Amarantha. And she was trying to sleep with him and basically breed him. And he told her multiple times no, and she, like, just refuses to listen. And then after that, she is like, this is what Ianthe must be doing to Lucian. This must be why Lucian hates her so much. And that is how chapter 21 ends. So, Ianthe... Just wants power, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why she wanted um, Hamlin and Feyre to get married so badly is because it's going to look good for her. Yeah. Not because they're a good pair. Reese also made a comment, like, after showing Feyre that memory, though, about how her the older high priestesses had taught her well when she came up to, mm. like, be the next high priestess. Like, it's just a thing. Just to be a little sleuth. Yeah, amongst their kind. Yeah. Just go so I think... Helen. <laughs> Bander though, mm. said, "Don't touch me or oh, yeah. people ever again." Yeah, she had to leave the court. Yeah. So what does what does Tamlin's approval of this chick say about him in the spring court? Is what like everyone else knows what the high priestesses are, are like sees them for what they are. He was a family friend. I feel like, like he's I think they're fucked. That's yeah. even worse. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's I think ignorant? they're fucking on the side. <laughs> no, because she's going after Lucian. I feel like he's ig- or naive. I should say. Yeah, he just doesn't want to see what He doesn't want to, like, pay it. attention to it. Yeah, he just chooses the, to ignore it. I the think. family friend thing. Yeah. So I think Farah's experience with the the weaver is important for a couple yeah. of reasons. It's because with the bone carver, she says she admits to wanting to die. Like, she admits that if the last fairy that she killed wouldn't have been Tamlin, that she was going to kill herself. But then here, when she's battling the weaver, she specifically thinks, I don't want to die. She says, I remembered what it was to be human and helpless and weak. I remembered what it was to want to fight, to live, to be willing to do anything, to stay breathing. So, like, it's the first time that we see some of that fight come back in her. And she's also realizing that she doesn't want to rely just on her uh-huh. magical part, part of herself. She's like, I need to train. 
yeah. with Cassian. Well, That's, because she realizes she's so weak, and she yeah. thinks, like, talking about Tamlin in the Supreme Court, she says, I let them make me She weak. doesn't rely on others, right? Yeah. yeah right. It's whenever she realizes that. And, like, if her powers do fail her. I think that's her human part. Well, like, if she does forget that she has powers, her strength should be the thing that's still there, and she doesn't have that. Because, like, when she was a human, she relied on herself. Right, yeah. And then now, ever since she's been in the fairy world, she's relying on, not really relying, but everyone wants to protect her and put her in a box. And she used to be the one doing all the protecting. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, she's sort of... bitch, huh? God damn. She's a nice girl. What a bad motherfucker. She's still (laughs) nice, but, like, she a bad bitch. All right, chapter 22. They still haven't heard from the summer court because, Thomas, I didn't mention this, but they wrote to the summer court earlier because the summer court has been the the parts of the books that was split. Summer court and the queens of the mortal realm. So they still haven't heard from the summer court, and they're preparing to go to the mortal lands. Cassian and Asriel are coming, too, but more staying behind along with Amarin. Moore is talking to Feyre, and she tells her that in the Court of Nightmares, where she is from, females are prized on their virginities, and it is given to the highest bidder. She was born the strongest out of her family and tried not to bleed, but then she started to bleed, and her father is ready to make an alliance with whoever he could sell her to. But that's all we get for now. That's all she tells. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then she Stop says that she says that she convinced Cassian to go with them to the mortal realms um, by getting him to get drunk basically then Feyre says that she wants more to meet her sisters one day for them to know that there's a special strength in enduring hardships and still being able to remain warm and kind and then they go to the mortal realms and the mortal lands and that's basically the end of chapter 22 Feyre also calls those mortal lands my home she does even though it's no longer really her home home. I didn't I don't know how I feel about that but I just thought I'd throw that out there Hometown. When you say it like that, <laughs> it, it gives me ideas. Yeah. Well, she she feels she still has trouble even saying things like our like yeah she our people she doesn't consider herself they yeah yeah because she still feels so human I mean she was human she only knows about being human and no one's she's been Faye for two years no like two no. months no Damn. like maybe I five, thought it was like four, six or seven five, yeah four or huh? five months. So, you know, though, now that I'm thinking about it, I think she only says that, she only calls that my home because she doesn't feel like she has a home right now. Yeah. Because otherwise, the spring court was her home, and now she's like, fuck She's getting tossed around everywhere. Yeah. She doesn't. She never had a court. She was born in the mortal realms, and then she was just brought into Prithian. She didn't have a home. She wasn't assigned a court. That's why no high lord is her high lord. She calls to no one. She's bad bitch. She's no one's subject. Um, chapter 23, recent Asriel and Cassian are glamoured behind her and, like, no one can see them. And Feyre is at the door of that chateau that her family owns. And she's immediately noticed as Faye by one of the housekeepers who comes to the door. But Elaine is like, oh my god, come in. And then Nessa is like, gross, you gross individual. How dare you be Faye? And then she tells them that their father is in this place called Neva discussing a threat from above the wall. And then she tells them, uh, Feyre tells them, her sisters, that she died and was reborn as High Faye. Or as Faye. And then she tells them her story. And they're like, you want other High Faye to come here? And you want the queens to come here? Because they're trying to find a meeting point. Because the mortal queens are not coming into Prithian. 
Prithian's not going into their walls because they are like have everything covered in ash and like warded. So the second they walk in, they're being burned. So they needed a a, a neutral place for them to meet, which is why they chose Feyre's house or her family's estate. Um, Nest is immediately like, no. But Elaine is like, we have to. We have to help her. She's helped us all these years, and it's our turn to give back. Um, but the Nest is like, but what about your wedding, Elaine? And Feyre's like, whoa. What? Your wedding? And she's like, yeah, the wedding to that Fey hunter's son. <laughs> like, she's engaged to someone who hunts Fey for a living. And Feyre's like, huh? This has all been in within five months, the five months that she's been gone. But Elaine is like, we have to, and we will send the servants away for their meetings, and she'll only stay here when they need to have meetings. And then Nest is like, okay. And then Pharaoh's like, okay, you want to meet my new court? <laughs> and that's how chapter 23 ends. So, can we talk about Nesta's reaction? Yeah. She hates fucking Faye, right? She does, mm-hmm. but, okay, so they have this kind of nice, lovely moment. In our last book, I feel like that's thrown out the window. We, It makes sense that she's protecting Elaine like she used to. And then it also makes sense that she's, you know, at odds with Farah like mm-hmm. she used to. But it feels like everything we gained out of the last part of their interaction in the last book is, like, kind of lost. Here's my theory on Nesta. I think she's severely depressed. And I think she had already told herself Pharaoh is dead. So for her to be back, it's like, show no emotion. Like, I've already mourned you, and you're now here as something I hate, something that took you from me. She also did nothing whenever their uh, land and everything got taken away from them. Yeah. And just let the youngest do everything. And she's the oldest. So I think she has some guilt to it, but she's not good at showing any of those emotions. But I... That's from me reading part of the fourth book, I think. It's like me seeing more into Nesta. So. I think she's mad that Farrah came back because she told her last time. She was like, go, don't come back. Yeah. Father is right. We don't need you. Yeah. Do what's best for you. And it's like, oh. She's also she worried is. that Farrah's putting them in danger. Right. Mm. And she's like, you're getting us in, into something that can destroy our lives again. Chapter 24, they send the servants away immediately because Farrah's like, they need to go now because we need to start planning as soon as possible because a war is coming on humans. And, like, we need to prepare. We need to do whatever we can to stop the King of Hybern from getting access to this cauldron and taking down the wall. And then she's like, okay, bat boys, come in. Because, you know, they have bat wings. So we will refer to them as bat boys. Yeah, we will. Um, so they come in <laughs> and immediately Cassian and Nesta hate each other because, you know, Cassian's spicy. Yeah. Nesta's spicy. It's so I'm hot. Stop. Wait, 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 wait. We need to set ground Dang. rules on using the word spicy. Spicy, spicy hot. No, spicy <laughs> as in like, like a cat who doesn't want another cat around. It's like. That's not oh. spicy. No, there's tension there. I They're going to get together. It's smooching. I think it's hot. I think it's hot that they hate each other. But we all know I have, a, like, a degrading thing. Like, you can call me ugly, and I'll be like, oh, so you want me? <laughs> and I, I didn't know that. <laughs> so we're the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You have a phrasing thing. Mine is, like, slap me across the face and tell me I'm the worst person you've ever met. We start eating some dinner, and it's so bland to Feyre. And Nesta's like, oh, our food isn't good enough for you anymore, you fucking bitch. Yes. 
and that's just being a bitch and cassian looks at her and she's just like what are you looking at like she's not even phased by the fact that this huge ass guy with huge ass bat wings looking all fey and everything all scarred up yeah she like she's like she doesn't know that they're not high fey but she assumes they're high fey at first like she's not scared of this guy he's like you you let your younger sister risk her life every day to save you she died to save my people and is willing to do it again so how dare you insult my people because she's like over there like i'll be damned if you're bringing extra people and they're like fuck those people fuck the fey um and then after he says this to her she just turns around and continues talking to Feyre like he didn't even say anything and again it's so hot <laughs> is nesta one of those people just that just never says sorry like i don't think we so. like analyze her yeah she just like be. looks at him and is like anyway blaine is like she's trying to like ignore this fact that nesta's being a complete ass a complete ass hat in this moment and elaine's like omg you guys have wings you guy you with the shadows like oh that's so cool and Asriel's like actually talking to her and being kind, which is crazy considering the fact that Feyre tried to talk to Asriel and he just looked at Cassian, waiting for Cassian to say something instead. Whenever they first met, but Asriel's actually talking back and being kind, and then Ness is like, "He's nervous." Ness is like, "Okay, I guess you guys are staying until you finish your letter, and then we send it off tomorrow, and then you leave." And then Reese writes the letter for Feyre, like in Feyre's perspective, like a little chat G- GPT. <laughs> and then we have Cassian and Asriel editing it. Um, and then they go to their rooms. They ask for two rooms right next to each other with four, like two beds next to each other too. And then they're like, don't worry, we'll move stuff around. I would have been like, you gonna put it back though, right? Yeah, they're being picky prisoners. Picky guests. Oh my God. <laughs> Every episode, we have to mention them picky prisoners. They're also doing it for their safety because Elaine's wearing an iron engagement ring, which does nothing to the Fae. Doesn't do shit though. But it's okay, like but a it sign shows. Yeah, it shows that like the Fae. Her oh, fiance. Okay. I guess I didn't think like that. It's like a that. hater. I think Azriel and Elaine are flirting. Okay. I, think I think that's implied. <laughs> I think everyone's flirting. Mal just says, okay, it moves on. <laughs> they go to their rooms, and Reese is in Feyre's room, guys. Hee hee hee. And they're flirting. Wait, Mal, do you like the one bed trope? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but we're not there yet. We're not there. Okay, okay. We're yeah. almost they there. They have separate beds, right? They well, do. Well, because he poofed one in. He poofed one in. He poofed one in. <laughs> a gentleman. Yeah. What a gentleman to poof one in. Um... <laughs> Love that. They're like flirting back and forth in this moment, and then he asks her about her birthday, and he's like, "I didn't, I didn't see you celebrate it." And she's like, "I didn't." And he's like, "Wow, I can't believe Tamlin. What a bitch, right?" He does he, not say that, Thomas. <laughs> just for clarification, is he? <laughs> and then, so he says later on, like he can't wait to see who is left standing between Nesta and Cassian because they're at each other's necks. And then both Reese and Feyre say, my money's on Nesta. And that is how chapter 24 ends. Um, okay, so so the Feyre goes to the bathroom. She changes whatever. She comes back and the bed is warm. Like, that's part of Reese's power is he can, like, He farted things. in it. <laughs> <laughs> he Dutch oven it. Little, little turtle. <laughs> I had a point here. <laughs> and gas and see an ass. <laughs> and 
fair is like, thank you for warming the bed. And he says, Amarantha never thanked me for that. Amarantha never thanked me for warming her <laughs> She gets in and it's like, what's the smell? Are we it's under like, the mountain again? It's fragrant, too. <laughs> you saying just been farting in the mountain constantly? It's farts smell that great. He is that sulfur? Chapter 25, the next day she's decided to let Reese train her. He gives her a candle and is like, here, light it. He's like, light it. And then she's like, I can't do that when you're looking at me. And then he goes away and they're like writing back and forth to each other while being like kind of flirty. And she's like trying to use her powers. But then something grabs her up. It's the adder. And she is starting to panic again, like trying to fight, but she can't. Like she's panicking. She's like, oh, fuck. That's how chapter 25 ends. Chapter 26, the adder has her, and then it screams when something pulls Feyre away. Reese has it, and is torturing it, and he's like, why are you here? And the adder says, to get her, and then he's like, who sent you? And he's like, Highburn. And we learn that Highburn's army is endless, and they have been preparing for this war for a long time. Then he's like, next time you comfort Feyre, I will kill you first, and ask questions later. And then he sends, he calls for Asriel, and Asriel winnows in. And winnows it away to learn some more information. But they're not going to kill it. They're going to send it back to Highburn. So we learn that Asriel can winnow. He just didn't. Reese winnowed them in. Because she assumes that it takes just a lot of power to do that. It drains them. Um, and then she's mad at Reese <laughs> Because he used her as bait. Because this whole time he knew that they were tracking her. They knew He knew that they were following her around. And she's like, maybe Tamlin was right because someone was tracking me. They were waiting for me to be alone so that they would snatch me up and take me away. And he's like, you stopped fighting again when it grabbed you. And she's like, so what if I did? And she shoves him hard. And then he's like basically playing around because he realizes like she's finally using some of her powers. And he's like, anytime he gets l- she gets a little close to him, he winnows away to another spot like right behind her. And he's like laughing while he does it. And she's like, oh, fuck this. And then she is like, she's throwing every power at him that she can. And then she realizes that she can winnow. She's like, I just need to think. I need to focus. And she focuses and she sees, like, his smoke trails as he is heading to the next spot. And she jumps for it. And she is able to winnow. And she shoves him to the snow. Like, shoves, she tackles him into the snow. Um, that's how chapter 26 ends. Hot. So cute. Yeah. Captain. So I think wait, wait wait I think the best part you mentioned the stop fighting but I think it's it's what else he's saying in that statement when he says you stopped fighting because she says I'd forgotten that strength in my panic just like with the weaver I'd forgotten how strong I was yes you did Reese snarled reading the surprise in my face that icy calm shattering you forgot that strength and that you can burn and become darkness and grow claws you forgot you stopped fighting I don't think he just means the adder or the weaver or like anything like that in the sense. I think it, he's reading, like, her depression and her stopping fighting for his her life. That he's like, you stopped fighting. You stopped wanting to live. I, yeah. I think that's a good point. That was an important part. Yeah. yeah. Um, chapter 27, she's, like, in his face on the ground while he's laughing at her. And she's like, don't ever use me as bait again. And he stops laughing immediately. He's like, 
okay, fair. <laughs> and then he's like, show me again. Show me your powers that you just used crazily. And she's like, no. Now, why does the king of Hybern want me? And he's like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And then he says, okay, let's go home. and Or let's go eat and then go home. And she's like, Valaris isn't my home. And it kind of hurts his feelings. And then she's, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's because she doesn't really have a home, you know? She's not, like we talked about earlier, she doesn't really have a place that is hers. She's just being thrown around from place to place. She's not welcomed in the mortal realm. She's running away from the spring court. She's just, like, gone into the night court because of a bargain she made. Like, if she didn't have that bargain, where would she have gone? Spring Spring court. I think that's so. But Spring Court wouldn't have existed if she didn't make the bargain. But also, like, if she did survive all of that, she survived. She'd be stuck in the Spring Court. Yeah, like, what would she do if she decided, though, I don't want to be with Tamlin, but she didn't have that bargain for anyone to come pick her up? (laughs) I've never thought of that. But I think this feels like fitting for Pharaoh, though. Like, just. She's in between. She's an in between soul. Like she's in between being yeah. very human. She's in between homes. That's like. why I think it makes sense that she doesn't feel anywhere because yeah. she's oh, everything. She? Yeah. Good point. I agree. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Th- th- then after that statement, they go back to her family house and like eat, and that's the end of these the section. Mm-hmm. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening, main characters. <laughs> and in case you haven't, follow us on all of our social medias, TikTok and Instagram, at BWordPod. Next episode, we'll be covering chapters 28 through 41. I be- no, oh, that's fuck too many. 40. 40. Sorry. 28 through 40? 41, something like that. I don't know. You'll see it on <laughs> on, on one of our posts. Uh, and again, our podcasts come out 7.15 a.m. every Friday, Central Time want to give a big shout out to ryan for joining us for another episode what up how you doing see you next time